It is seven minutes after six o'clock. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser. Also brought to you by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, the St. Joseph County 4-H Fair, Tim Grau State Farm Insurance, and Pet Refuge. My name is Darren Pritchett. Joined by Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Also, he has covered the Notre Dame baseball team all season, and he is getting set to make the trip to Omaha to experience the College World Series firsthand. We'll get to a little baseball conversation in just a moment, but Tyler, if you don't mind, I guess we should touch on a story that's picking up, I guess, all across the country. It was a article that Dennis Dodd, a longtime college football writer on CBSSports.com, did with Notre Dame head football coach Marcus Freeman. And unfortunately, within the story, a little simple two-letter word was left out of a quote from you don't go to class at those places, referencing Ohio State and Cincinnati, that has now been amended to if you don't go to class at those places. Tyler, that just totally changes the complexion of that quote with if being left out. I don't know if it was the writer, the person who put it online, whatever the case may be, don't you agree they kind of put Marcus in a a very difficult spot? Absolutely, it did. And there are words that you can leave out of quotes without changing the context of what was said. We do it all the time. If you've ever read me at blueandgold.com, short, snappy, witty quotes are usually very good in our practice. And that one that got in there to that CBS article written by Dennis Dodd, that's short, that's snappy and pretty witty, but it's not in the correct context of what Marcus Freeman said. And Marcus made a point to say, Hey, this is not what I said. I think you went on um, a Columbus local radio show today to kind of clear the air and say, this is exactly what I said. And he read the entire quote and it was long. And look, when you're a journalist, you don't put that entire quote in your article. You just don't do it. People are going to get bored and they're going to say, well, this is just word salad and I don't eat salad. So I'm out of (laughs) here. But that one, if consider that if, um, maybe like one of those little small tomatoes in the, in the salad. And I love those. And if those are in salad, I do eat the salad. So that was key and it got left out and you're right there. And it totally changed the complexion of what Marcus Freeman said, because he said a lot after that too. He said, if you don't go to class at a big school like that at Ohio state, where there's 60,000 kids, maybe people don't, Uh, fall behind in class or or maybe even the professor doesn't even realize that that athlete wasn't at class but if you don't go to class at Notre Dame which has less than 9,000 enrollment then absolutely your professor is going to notice that you weren't at class and you are going to fall behind and then there's all these repercussions that come with that so Freeman was just trying to say that hey school here is different and that's something that we've known for a long time right there aren't a lot of schools like Notre Dame Mm -hmm. out there um Marcus Freeman went to Ohio State, and he'll be the first one to tell you that, yeah, Ohio State's probably not on the same academic standard as Notre Dame, and that's fine. That's what makes Notre Dame unique. In this context, absolutely, it got a little reworded or a word was left out and everything changed. 
Well, I'll say this. I've had Dennis Dodd on the program. He spent a half an hour with us back in 2012 down at the Media Hotel before the BCS title game between Notre Dame and Alabama. He is not anti-Notre Dame, so if anybody thinks he was trying to start issues, I can tell you that's not the case. Talking to him on and off the air, he always is just looking for a great story. He didn't care who won that game that particular night. So I just want to say this. Having been around Dennis a little bit, this was just – one of those circumstances, for whatever reason that it happened, he's not anti-Notre Dame, but here we are. And, and I think the problem I have is, Tyler, now people are just going to kind of miss what happened for the most part in the story, that if being left out. I look at ESPN.com right now. What's their number three story? And I'll read the headline, and I think this is unfair, Tyler. It says, Indies Freeman walks back Ohio State academic barb. See, I don't think that happened at all today. He was just re-explaining that he was misquoted. So even ESPN, I think, is adding fuel to the fire. Am I being too sensitive? No, and look, I'm pretty neutral in this as well, and I see both sides of it, but absolutely I agree with you on that. I think uh, my coworker, Ashton Pollard, she's the one that wrote the story for us today at blueandgold.com, and her verb was clarifies. There's a difference between walks back and clarifies, because that's what Marcus was doing today. He was clarifying what he actually said, so that people could have that as public knowledge because I, and I agree with you that Dennis Dodd probably did not do this to, you know, cause the, the firestorm that it has caused. I've been in those shoes before where something goes through the editing process and then all of a sudden you have a huge problem on your hand that you didn't foresee. And Marcus Freeman didn't foresee this being an issue either when he left that interview room. So right there, that tells you that something happened in the, in the process of things, but to get back to your point, absolutely walks back is, is not what he did today. He, he came out and, you know, clarified that. And then I, that's the word that I keep going to because that's what he did. He said, Hey, this is what I actually said. Everybody out there who's kind of taking this and running with it should probably know that. Mm. Well said. All right, let's talk some baseball because the Irish are getting set for the college world series. They're in Omaha. Now they're going to tour the stadium tonight, practice tomorrow, then Friday at seven, the matchup with the Texas Longhorns. Let's start with Notre Dame taking down number one Tennessee. It was an emotional weekend for everybody involved. The ejection of a Tennessee player for mouthing off constantly throughout a game finally went over the line and got ejected. Tennessee was mad about that. They have all their antics that they do. And you know what? They have every right to play the game however they would like. I thought they came across as almost like a clown show at times. But you know what, Tyler? I'm the type. I don't like the bat flips and all the pizzazz. I lay the bat down, run to first base. So I'm that boring old school, you know, the guy sitting on the porch mad at everybody. But I just didn't really find the Tennessee thing that cool, what they were doing. To beat them in the fashion that Notre Dame did, it's almost perfect from my standpoint. I'd just like for you to reflect for a moment just how this Notre Dame team had all these obstacles the last two years. For the most part, they have overcame them, snubs by the NCAA, and they're down 3-1 in the seventh inning of a deciding game three at Tennessee. And within, what, 90 seconds, they go from down 3-1 to up 4-3. How do you put into words what we saw last weekend? Yeah, I mean, there were – three games, obviously, and I think each of those games tells a different story about what this Notre Dame team was. Number one, the ability to punch first against a team that you just mentioned is unlike any other in college baseball. These guys yeah. have 
some sort of swagger. They're good, and they know it, and they let you know about it. And Notre Dame was the team that went out there onto that field Friday night and came away with an 8-6 to six victory, and they jumped on them. They were up 8-2 to two at some point, and, you know, Tennessee did its thing, came back. But the ability to punch first and then get to the finish line in that game was huge. Obviously, you took a one nothing lead right there. Number two, Tennessee punched back and, and punched back pretty hard. And I think the final of that game was 12 to four. And that's the Tennessee that we've seen all year. And at that point, Saturday night, I think the entire country is saying that's Tennessee. That's the Tennessee we're going to see tomorrow. These guys are going to the college world series and they're going to have a really good shot at winning it because they're so good in the batter's box and on the pitcher's mound. So then you get to Sunday and yeah, Tennessee jumped out ahead. It's three to one. I think everybody is thinking uh, they're, they're just going to keep extending this thing. <laughs> Notre Dame fell behind too early. I think Liam Simon had to come out of the game a little too early, and it becomes a bullpen game on day three of a super regional. And what the heck are you going to do there? Notre Dame showed you what you're going to what they're going to do there. And Jack Finley was lights out for five innings, <laughs> didn't allow a run, only allowed one hit, and he just kept the game alive for the Notre Dame bats to come alive, and they did. I think it was the seventh inning when uh, David LaManna and Jack Brannigan hit back-to-back home runs, and then all of a sudden Notre Dame is up 4-3, to three, and they extend on that lead in the eighth inning. They're up 7-3, to three, and then I don't think it was until that point where Tennessee is coming to the plate in the eighth and ninth inning, and they're down 7-3 to three where, they, where I think everybody in the country, not just the 5,000 people in those stands, mm-hmm. said, oh, my gosh, Notre Dame is actually going to win this game. And they won that game because, like I said, they're able to punch, receive punches, punch back. It, it, these games are, you know, especially in a three-game series like that, it's a boxing match, and you've got to be able to absorb blows and, and then give them, and Notre Dame did that, and that's why they're in the College World Series. And to your point, they've been doing that the last three years. They've absorbed blows from the NCAA, from the weather, from, you know, different scheduling mishaps and, and all these other things, injuries, and here they are in the College World Series it's just a really good baseball team, and it's been that for the last three years. They're 54 games over 500 the last three years under Link Jarrett. That is remarkable. Tyler Horka from Blue and Gold Illustrated, my guest, blueandgold.com. Let me ask a real general question, Tyler. You've covered this team all year, so you can answer this as good as anybody. But if there are Notre Dame fans that haven't followed this baseball team, now they're in the College World Series. A lot of Irish fans are going to jump on the bandwagon, support their alma mater or their favorite team, and they might be catching this team for the first time. For those fans, can you list a couple of things that you believe are the strengths of this Notre Dame baseball team that has allowed them to get to this point and gives them a chance to win a national championship? Well, they've got one of the best starters in the country and I think John Michael Bertrand just landed on another second team all-american list today so his body of work throughout the entire season has been fantastic and I think that's so important for any college baseball team you need a guy to give the ball to in game one and say hey go get us off to a good start we need to win this thing I, I I don't have the numbers in front of me but when you go to the college world series and it's double elimination and you lose that first game yeah Boy, is it an uphill battle trying to get to the final series. So I think Notre Dame likes where it's at, throwing John Michael Bertrand. Even though Texas has a very right-handed heavy lineup, you give the ball to your ace and you let him go. So that is great. And then behind him, I mentioned the bullpen when we were talking about the Tennessee series. Jack Finley has just been superb. And 
when Ryan McClinsky went down in the middle of the year, he was the number one guy for Notre Dame, lost him to Tommy John. You were going to need somebody to step up. And in the last two or three weeks, it's been Jack Finley. So you have a guy in the bullpen who can close out games and he can do it over a long stretch of innings. It's not just like he's throwing heat for, you know, 20, 25 pitches and he's done. This guy can, can get you to the finish line from the fifth or sixth inning, which is critical. I, I'm not sure all of the teams in, that are left have that. So, so that's great to have. And then there's just a clutch element with these guys too. I mentioned how they're down three to one to Tennessee in a clinching game on the road. And everyone's thinking, man, this is it. They're just not going to be able to get over the hump. And then they hit back-to-back home runs in the same inning, and all of a sudden they're winning, and they extend that lead in the next inning. The, it hasn't been the most consistent hitting from the Notre Dame lineup all season, but it's been pretty clutch, and they find a way to scrape out runs. And, and they're not going to be afraid to play small ball. They're not going to be afraid to run on the base pass. They'll do anything to score runs. They are very good at adapting to whatever type of game they're in. We've seen them win – in double digits, we've seen them win two to one. We just saw that against Texas Tech, and we saw a three to two game against Texas Tech as well. So there's just a savviness about this group. And I wrote about the mustache trend that's been going on. <laughs> so if you go to blueandgold.com, I think every College World Series team has to have a bit. They have to have something yep. that they fall back on. And, and people are like, oh, Notre Dame, yeah, all their guys have mustaches. Mississippi State a couple of years back had rally bananas and fans were bringing bananas <laughs> to game and there were bananas in dugouts and you've got to have something like that quirky because it's college baseball. Notre Dame has the mustaches. And I think that is something that fans abroad are, are going to see. Cause I mean, batter after batter, these guys are coming up and look, these are college kids. I know a lot of them are older. They're graduate seniors, but you, you probably didn't grow your best mustache when you were 22, 23 years old, right there. It's like <laughs> I'm 26. I'm 26, and I still can't grow one. I'm kind of like Ryan Cole. I think he's just been shaving it because he's like, I'm not doing that with you guys. So these guys are fun. They're, they're clutch. They're savvy, and they have really good pitching. They have the number one ERA of any team left in the College World Series. And I've always said, at any level, pitching wins championships. Well, Tyler, in the midst of Notre Dame knocking off number one Tennessee, of course, a little side story developed as Florida State fired their head coach, who was Link Jarrett's roommate at Florida State when he was on the Florida State baseball team. He grew up in Tallahassee, and of course, everyone is linking Link Jarrett to the Florida State opening. We'll see if that transpires, but here in South Bend, we can't say enough for what he has done to this Notre Dame baseball program in a short amount of time, even in the COVID year. They were 11-2, and 3-0 and in the ACC. They went from a, a poor defensive team to the best in the country, there's just something about his coaching style, his personality that this team has latched on to. What do you think it is about Link Jarrett that has made him so successful and unfortunately on the top of everybody's wish list that is looking for a head coach right now? I just think he's super intelligent. And he was asked this question before the Knoxville Super Regional. Uh, one of the reporters said, how – what did it take to get Notre Dame from an afterthought in the ACC to contending for ACC championships every year and being on the verge of the College World Series two years in a row? And his answer was not anything that he's done. He said every single game, every single series, every single team, my, every single time my team goes out to take the field, I'm looking at the other team just as much as I'm looking at ours because 
especially in the ACC, you've got a lot of teams out there who are trying to be in the same position as you and sometimes are even better than you. So what do those guys do that makes them so good? What can we take from them? It's kind of like, you know, athletes who aren't so stubborn to take different pieces of other players, games, whatever sport they play and say, if I did what he does here and what that guy does there and put that in my game, I would be better than both of those guys. And, you know, I would do everything that I want to do. Link Garrett does that with other teams. He's looking at Texas Tech and saying, how are these guys scoring so many runs? Or he's looking at whatever team it is. How are these guys getting so many outs? And he's just plucked and pulled and picked all these different pieces for 20 years, uh, the last three of them being at Notre Dame. And like you said, it, it helps that he comes from a program where, as a player, he went to the College World Series three times with Florida State. You know, he, he learned from Mike Martin. That's huge. Mike Martin was phenomenal baseball coach. He's got it in his blood. He's got it in his brain. He's just a phenomenal baseball coach. And sometimes those guys come around your program and they make you really, really good. They bring you to the College World Series. He's one of those guys. Finally, if I'm not mistaken, were you not at the Big 12 championship game? This uh, The baseball game? Yes. Yes, I was there. So Texas was in that game, correct? Correct. So you saw them firsthand. I didn't realize Barry Bonds still played because Yvonne Melendez has numbers like Barry Bonds, <laughs> a 1.4 OPS, 32 homers, 94 driven in, hit two home runs against East Carolina in the Super Regional. Give me your impressions of Melendez and what you feel like this Texas team might be able to or may not be able to do against the Fighting Irish Friday night. For my money, Ivan Melendez is the player of the year in college baseball. You just listed some of those numbers. They're both ridiculous. The 1.4 OPS, are you kidding me? 32 home runs, the first guy to hit 30 in a college season since Chris Bryant. You know, listeners around here might have heard of that name before. I, I didn't know did that. In 2013. Wow. 2013, San Diego. Melendez is the first one to hit 30 since then. So rare air. He's a heck of a hitter. And the scary part is he hits third in the Texas lineup. He's not the cleanup hitter, a guy with all of that power. Murphy Staley is the cleanup hitter, and he's also a right-handed hitter. If Ivan Melendez didn't exist, I think Murphy Staley would be the Big 12 player of the year. His name would be in the conversation for national player of the year. He's got over 20 home runs, I believe, and he's hitting somewhere close to 400 as well. So very heavy right-handed lineup. I think that's a little scary for Notre Dame, given that John Michael Bertrand is lefty. And those guys are going to be seeing the balls coming in exactly the way that they want them to into the zone. So it's a little scary from that standpoint. And But look, Notre Dame just took down a team that has more home runs than Texas. I think Texas is top 10. Tennessee had mm-hmm. 150-something. Texas is up around 130. So it doesn't get much easier, but maybe it does get a little easier. I think Texas has come around in the last month or so because uh, David Pierce, who's also a phenomenal head coach, has adjusted this lineup and they've been dead set with this lineup, no matter if it's a righty or lefty pitching, they're going to have seven or eight guys hitting from the right side of the box because he feels that those are the best seven or, or, you know, seven or eight guys out of the nine guys, obviously in the lineup are going to be right-handed. He feels like those are his best guys. He's going to put them out there. And I mean, they're in Omaha for a record 38th time. I don't think anyone's ever going to come close to that unless they just (laughs) completely fall off the cliff and Miami and Florida State get back to going to to Omaha regularly. But 
Uh, Texas has been there, done that. And I think an interesting part of this is Mississippi State knocked Notre Dame out in the Super, in the super Regional last year. Mississippi State knocked Texas out in the game to advance to the College World mm. Series final against Vanderbilt. So Texas and Notre Dame have been two of the best teams in college baseball the last two years. It's awesome to see them going head-to-head in game one in Omaha. I would think, Tyler, this is a pretty good time for people to subscribe to Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. We just did two segments on Notre Dame football recruiting with Mike Singer yesterday, and now for baseball fans, you're on your way to Omaha. Yeah, absolutely, and we're going to have a ton of exclusive content from Omaha, pictures, uh, videos from practice, and you, you can't get that anywhere else. I can't speak for who's going to Omaha from the Notre Dame beat, but I can say that balloongold.com will have somebody there, and that's me, and I'm going to – I've covered a college world series before, so I'm going to do my best to, you know, kind of remember the, the tricks of the trade and, and give those <laughs> to you guys on blueandgold.com. And yeah, it's an awesome uh, time to, to be there because this doesn't come around very often. It's Notre Dame's third time ever being first time in the last 20 years in Omaha. So go to blueandgold.com. All the baseball content will be there. Football recruiting is obviously very busy right now. And we've even got some, you know, football team stuff on there too. Patrick Engel is doing a really good job with all of that. So $1, one year <laughs> of premium access, the best deal in sports. I've said it time and time again. I'm jealous. I wish I was going to Omaha with you. That would be an absolute <laughs> blast, but you're in for a fun few days and hopefully maybe a week and a half, two weeks. That would be just fine as the Irish try to complete a magical season with the national championship. And Tyler will have you covered at Blue and Gold Illustrated blueandgold.com. First off, safe travels, and hopefully we can talk about Notre Dame still being alive in the College World Series when we speak again next Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. If I'm still in Omaha a week from tonight, then things have gone pretty well, and (laughs) I will have a smile on my face. I guarantee you that. As will Link Jarrett. Hey, Tyler, thank you so much. Enjoy your time in Omaha. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, Darren. Thank you so much. Tyler Horka does a great job covering the Fighting Irish football team and, of course, the Notre Dame baseball team. They'll take on the Texas Longhorns Friday at 7 o'clock, and that is game number two of the day on Friday as the Irish will look to stay in the winner's bracket. As Tyler mentioned, it is essential to win that first game. If you don't win the first game, it's almost a situation where, well, which game – coming up is going to knock you out because eventually even the deepest pitching staffs run out of pitchers so winning that first game boy that sets the stage for possibly a long stay in Omaha I know in 0-2 the Irish lost the first game came back and won that wild game against Rice Stavisky the walk-off and then they lost to Stanford the next game let's see if the Irish can jump into that winner's bracket and put a little pressure on everybody else in that four-team bracket. 6.30 is our time. Again, check out Tyler at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com.